Well, 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 welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have every single one of you here with us with the God Squad Church. My name is Pastor Susie, and I am the preaching pastor. That's a little bit of a change. Huh? We're going to talk a little bit more about that today. I want to welcome all of you watching online. Welcome to those that are in person. Hey, whether you're watching during second service, watching the VOD on YouTube, listening to the Spotify, which maybe some of y'all didn't know we were on Spotify, go check it out, go listen to it. I want to welcome all of you. It's good to have you in church today. Obviously, our format already looks a little bit different. There's multiple people on the stage. We've got some cool white little chairs, and maybe some of y'all wondering, like, what's happening today? We're going to get into that in just a minute. Before we do, I want to celebrate something pretty epic. Our staff is already aware of this, but some of you guys might not know that this week we surpassed 100 people in our experience groups. Can we give God praise real quick? 102 people have signed up to be a part of a committed community that are gathering together every single week to grow in their faith, studying the Bible, being vulnerable, and actually letting each other know what's going on in each other's lives. And I want to encourage you, I mean, they're growing like crazy right now. And if you're not already in one, I want to challenge you. I believe it's one of the best ways you can grow in your faith is getting around a small group of people that you can ask questions, where you can feel free to be honest with the fact that like, sometimes we have doubts Sometimes we don't all have it all together. Like, it's a place where you can take off your mask, not your COVID mask, but your actual, you know, spiritual mask and, like, actually tell people, like, hey, I'm struggling. Like, I, I need prayer. And I want to encourage you, if you're not already, there'll be a link in the chat, exclamation point, groups in the chat, and get yourself signed up. We've got multiple time zones, multiple days. Go check it out. We'd love to have you get plugged in. Praising God for 102 people. 102 people. That's almost as many people that attend our services, so that's kind of crazy when you think about it that way. But friends, today we want to go over something very, very important with you. If you guys weren't here last week, let me recap for you. We announced something that's a pretty big change for our church. That for the past five years, I have been the lead pastor here at God Squad Church, and that has meant many different things. And for almost six months, I've been going through a journey of praying with God, and for the past several months, I've brought the staff up to speed. And really, we've been asking God, God, what's the new thing that you want to do to make our church healthier, to make it better? And because some of you guys know that our church is it's a little bit different than other churches. <laughs> it's not exactly the same. Most churches don't have a pastor that dances in a penguin suit. And, uh, you know, it, we're a little bit different. And so the reality is we don't always need to do our church or do our lives the way that other people do. You need to do what's best for you and your community. And we've been asking God what's best for our church and it might seem strange, but we really believe that it was best for us to change the leadership model here at God Squad Church. And so we will no longer simply have one lead pastor, but instead we'll have a team of four individual people. We're calling it our lead team who will carry equal authority to lead the church. There'll be four people, myself as preaching pastor, Pastor Amanda as executive pastor, Pastor Boz as community care pastor, and you might be wondering, where is Pastor Tammy. Can we get some hearts in the chat for Pastor Tammy? Unfortunately, this moment, uh, this morning, Pastor Tammy woke up with a stomach bug. She doesn't have COVID. Her and her family are completely fine, but unfortunately, the timing was pretty bad. She was really looking forward to being up here, and I want to tell you, Pastor Tammy, because I know you're watching, you might not be here on the stage, but you're equally a part of this team. Can we get up real quick for Pastor Tammy? We love her. She's not feeling well today, but I promise she is watching, and she is very much part of this team. And so what we want to do today is we want to really talk practically and break down what does the lead team look like? What does it mean? Because it is quite a shift. For the past five years, everyone has simply looked to me as a leader, and it can be very strange that one man would diminish his own authority. I was the one that came to our team and said, guys, I know that it's nice for me to sit at the top, but there's a better way to do this. 
and we spent several months praying and exploring. And at first, we were, some of us were very hesitant. Like, I don't know, man, this seems, it's a big change. Like, should we actually do this? I don't know if it's the best idea. But ultimately, we prayed, and we knew that God was the one who was directing us to make this decision. And so what I want to do first is I want to, I want, I want to read a scripture to you to kind of lay down a context for why we're doing this. And it comes from Isaiah 43, 19. And we've read it so many times in church where God says, See, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You may have heard it. It's where we get our way maker scripture from, that God is making a better way. He's making a way where it seems like there was no way. He's making a better way, and God's doing a new thing. But then he asked the question, do you not perceive it? We want you to be able to perceive the new thing that God's doing. I know that many of you might have questions. Some of you guys sent us questions. And we want to talk practically and openly about what does this lead team actually look like? What does it mean? And so we want to go very quickly and answer some of the questions that you've sent. And I'm going to go down. we got a list here, okay? we got some frequently asked questions from the community. And Pastor Boz, I'm going to start with you because obviously when changing the model, one of the reasons we did it was for the sake of accountability, right? I had come to all of you and said, you know what, as I'm growing in my influence on the internet as a partnered streamer, I don't want to get to the place where I have 50,000 viewers and millions of followers and I'm still the guy that gets to make all the decisions and have all the authority. I wanted more accountability. But now the question is, okay, well, who actually keeps the four of you accountable? And so who keeps the four of us accountable, Pastor Buzz? Yeah, so essentially the board keeps us accountable. Uh, so we make, don't make any crazy decisions, right? We make a decision financially or something like that. The board is going to make sure that we don't go over budget <laughs> and other things as well to keep us accountable. But also at the same time, there's another accountability that's in there that we, we, we've talked about it, but we haven't talked about it publicly too much yet. But to make sure that we're make, making sure we're doing our duties, make sure we're on time for everything. Uh, the executive pastor, Pastor Amanda, actually keeps us accountable to make sure that we're, we're to work on time. That we're yep. not missing meetings or anything like that, making sure. Now, I, I don't want you to think that this means that the board is leading the church. The, the, the lead pastors are leading the church. They're the ones that are casting the vision. The, the board members don't do that. They don't cast, cast the vision. But we, as a lead team, we cast a vision, and we, we bring that to the board as well, once again, to keep us accountable for what we're doing, and so they help us out with that. Yeah, ultimately, the board's role is simply just a source of accountability. So, like Pastor Boz mentioned, they're not leading the decisions of the everyday church. And really, the easiest way that I can put it is really the board doesn't really necessarily have the role to force us to say yes to something, but they do have the ability to say no to something we want to say yes to. So they're not coming to us and be like, hey guys, this is what y'all need to start doing for the church, right? They're entrusting us with the direction and leadership of it, but for major oversight, especially when it comes to financial decisions, we might want to say yes to something, but they have the authority to say no that we can't do it. So ultimately, as the lead team title is, we're leading the church they're keeping us accountable for it. But now, Pastor Amanda, as obviously the model of our lead team has changed, the next question people have asked is, does this mean that the model of the board is going to change as well? So basically, no. <laughs> the board model is basically staying the same. Um, they're going to be holding us accountable in the board meetings and whatnot. But the only difference that is going to happen is now the four uh, lead team pastors are going to be attending the board meetings. But the only one of us who's going to have a vote is Pastor Susie. He's the chairman of the board. 
Um, and his vote, the change with that is it's not only going to be his individual vote, his vote is going to represent the Lee team as a whole. So we're going to talk things through, and whatever we decide as a team, uh, Pastor Susie's vote will represent what we decide as a team, and so he'll bring that to the board. And that's really the only change, but in, in, chain, in, in sense of what the board model is, it's still basically the same yeah. thing, but that's really the only difference. It's going to remain relatively about the same. And if you guys don't know too much about details, there are five people on the board that can vote. Myself, because I was the founder lead pastor, I've always played the role of chairman as the board. And because I also had the authority to be the one who's making decisions, when I sat into the meeting, I just represented myself. I represented the decisions that I wanted, but now all four of us will sit in on the board meetings, but only I will carry a vote because my vote represents, like Amanda said, what we all discussed. The reason that they'll be present in the meetings is for accountability for me so that I can't say, yeah, this is what the lead team said, when actually they didn't really say it. So if I were to try to like, you know, twist things and be like, yeah, this is what the lead team wanted, then the three of them are like, whoa, 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 that's not what we decided. That's not what we said we agreed on. And so although they'll be sitting in the meeting without voting power, they'll still be able to keep me accountable if I try to abuse my voting power, which is very, very, very important. So great, great, great answer, Pastor Amanda. Next one is also for you, because this one also has to do with accountability, which is what most of these questions are, are who keeps the finances of the entire church accountable? So many people are entrusting their finances to the vision of the church, but there needs to be accountability over that, and how does that work here at Gospel Church? So the board has been um, holding our, overseeing our uh, finances, holding us accountable for finances, and that will continue to be the same. Uh, the board will continue to oversee the finances, especially our treasurer. Um, they work together to uh, keep, like, you know, spending limits and budgets and they do all of that as a board and so they'll still be overseeing the finances and making sure that we're not like going crazy spending lots of money um, and then also we do send an annual financial report to our partners which we'll actually be sending out soon um, and so it's the board as a whole and then um, we send it to our partners yeah and the board, again, their role is simply for accountability. So the board doesn't come to us and be like, this is exactly what we got to do. We come to them and say, hey, this is the vision of what we want to be doing in our church, where we think money should be invested, what ministries need more investment, or maybe some new things that we want to do. And really, we're getting their permission to be able to do it. So we have, we have set limits on, for example, there's a, there's a number amount that we can't spend over without board approval. Right? At the end of every last year, while I still play that role, I bring my entire vision for 2021. This was back in December. This is what we want to do in 2021. Do we have really permission to do it? This is what's going to cost. Here's what we're going to have to bring in, all that kind of stuff. And really, again, they're not telling us what we need to do with the money. We're asking them what we can do with it, and they have the accountability and approval to go over it. But again, there's accountability for everything. And really one of the biggest reasons behind this whole model change is you just want everything to be safe. We are fully aware that every single one of us are not perfect, that we all have flaws, and I wanted to make decisions, which is why I wanted this new model, was not just to protect this church while I'm in office, but to protect this church when someone else comes in. Because we talked about it last week, but with the lead pastor position, it seems crazy, but it happens, that a lead pastor will transition into the seat, and he can fire all the staff, he can change everything. And I've been a part of churches where it's happened. First decision he makes, all y'all are fired. <laughs> all the pastors are gone. I'm bringing in my own people. And 
the thing about church is it's not a business. It's, it's relational. And so you get rid of Pastor Boss, Pastor Man, and Pastor Tammy, God Squad Church isn't God Squad Church anymore. You start transforming the entire vision to meet the needs of that one person, the church is not the same. It's not the same. It protects the church from being personality-driven. We talked about that last week. But the biggest reason for all this is accountability, safety, to protect the church from the, man, the sinfulness of man, that all of us are doing our best to follow Christ together, but if one of us trips up, we keep each other accountable. Next question I want to go ahead and answer that some of you guys were asking was, does Pastor Stuzy still lead the other lead team pastors? And so this is going to be a shift because obviously for the past five years, everyone has looked to me as our leader. Everyone has looked to me to make decisions. Everyone has looked to me to cast vision. And everyone has looked to me, hey, the buck stops with Pastor Susie. And this is going to be a shift because really no longer will I carry the authority to set direction by myself. And I know that's going to be a shift. It's even a shift with us, right? There's even like some, like even over the past week, the staff has been coming to be like, hey, what should we do here? I'm like, well, let's talk about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, we do that now. You know, <laughs> we don't just ask you, you make a decision, we just run with it. Like we, we, we do it together now. So it's a shift for me, but I've been preparing myself for six months for this decision. So I, I'm probably a little bit further ahead than the rest of us. But, you know, my phone was always ringing, and I was getting, you know, text messages, and now it's like, now I'm like, well, what do you want to do? We're, we're deciding together of what we think is best, but when it comes to leading and giving guidance, what I didn't message last week, just because I didn't want to confuse everyone, is the model that I mentioned, if you remember the picture, was we showed three different models of churches, where it was kind of like a pyramid, and it represented authority who's at the top, and at the top, there was a star representing the lead pastor. And then we showed our plurality of leadership where there was four stars. What I didn't show you to try to make things not complicated was, honestly, when I had come to the team at first, I wanted there to simply be four lead team pastors, which it might grow, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But the, the lead team had really, really desired that I would still play some kind of role where I could give guidance and wisdom because I have experience as a lead pastor. And so the model that the lead team and the board has decided is really what's known as a first among equals. And so to kind of break down what that means practically is, I don't carry any more authority than the rest of them for the direction of the church. I still cannot just do whatever I want. But when we sit around the table, they desire that there would still be one person that we would look to almost as like a coach. Almost as someone as they could go to and be like, hey, you can't tell us what to do, but we'd love for you to guide us in the right direction. With your experience and your wisdom and the things that you've done when handling this situation, what, what would you advise to be a good plan of attack, to be a good strategy? And ultimately, there'll be lots of decisions that they're just doing on their own because they have that authority. But in moments, they'll still be able to pull from my experience of leading this church from the very beginning and still be able to give wisdom. A lot of people still like someone to look to, but it doesn't mean that I get to force them to make decisions that I want them to. I simply get to advise. And so from the board's standard of me, the board is holding me accountable to simply help this, lead, help this lead team be successful. Helping me be alongside, right, having the experience in the decisions and the things that I'm bringing around the table, but then together, we're still making that decision together. So it's known as a first among equals. So we're all equal, but they're still simply just looking to me, but they also don't have to if they don't want to. They don't need my approval if Pastor Boz, right, if Pastor Boz has an issue amongst his community care team, he doesn't need my approval for a plan of action. 
but he also has access to me to maybe ask an idea or to maybe get some wisdom or experience. But really, this is simply going to be a training period, right? Not all of us have filled the role of lead pastor like I have. So there's going to be a culture shift for the entire church, but there's also going to be a training period where all of you are going to be stepping into, wow, we've never had to make these decisions before. This is harder than I thought it was. And now they're learning the experience that I've, I've gained, but then together we'll be equally leading the church, uh, leading the church, and I won't be able to have that kind of say over you. So I'm not, I don't have more authority, but I do have more experience, and we want to utilize that experience to all of your benefit. Kind of coupling off that question, Pastor Amanda, right, is does the lead team pastors have a boss? Some of you guys have jobs, most of you have jobs, and you have a boss, and your boss keeps you accountable, and Pastor Boss kind of touched on it, but Pastor Amanda, go into detail on that one. Does the lead team have a boss? So, uh, short answer, yes. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, but first, before I get into that, I um, just want to preference and reiterate that the lead team, uh, we make decisions together. So just as Pastor Susie was saying, we will still carry equal authority in making decisions. But in terms of making sure that everyone's doing their job, showing up on time, showing up to meetings, that sort of thing, uh, they will have a boss, and that will be me as the executive pastor. So I will be watching them, <laughs> making Always sure that they're showing up on time. And it's just good. We need to have that accountability to make sure that we're doing things on time. We're showing up when we're supposed to. Um, and then we have someone who can be like, hey, like you missed a meeting. You didn't tell anyone. Uh, why <laughs> you know hold them accountable in that sense so uh yeah so i will be holding the lead team and the staff for the most part accountable in that sense yeah this was a big question that i feel like a lot of people were wondering because it's very clear like at work there's one boss keeps you accountable tells you what to do but when four people are an equal level it's like oh so do all four of them just start like slacking off and no one can no one can like keep them accountable or tell them like, hey, you showed up to you know, the past 17 meetings late. You showed up in your pajamas. Like what's, what's, what's going on here? And there, does, there needs to be someone who keeps us accountable in terms of our performance, our evaluation. Now, a lot of those conversations are open between the four of us. And that is something that we need to work on is that the four of us need to be able to have open, honest conversations where we each love and mutually respect the position that we've entrusted to, so no one's taking advantage of it. But again, more systems for accountability keeps things safer, so someone can't get the wrong idea, be like, ah, well, I'll just stumble in 15 minutes late. Well, I'm a lead team pastor. Ain't no one gonna tell me I can't. And the man is like, no, I'm gonna tell you you can't. <laughs> right, and there will be obviously expectations in terms of that as well. Pastor Boz, I wanna throw this next one to you, because again, this is part of the culture shift. Is there one person who will set the vision of the church just like I used to do? So essentially, no. Uh, naturally, Pastor Susie has a gift from God that he sets vision, he casts vision, and people follow it because of what God has given him the ability to do. But I do want to clarify something. Pastor Susie has never been the person, even as the lead pastor of this church for the past five years, he's never been the type of person to come into a meeting and say, this is what we're doing, we're not going to talk about it, this is the direction that we're going to go in. And he's never done that before. Like, he's always said, okay, what do you guys think about this decision? Is this a good w direction for us to go in? But essentially, now what it is, is he used to have that ability, but now he doesn't. And so all of us, we come together, we talk about the different decisions, and we, we essentially vote on it. 
So we have the ability now, if Pastor Susie comes to us and says, I've been praying about this, this is the vision that God gave me, and this is what we're going to do, if the three of the four of us say no, then no, <laughs> we're not going to be doing it. Because even though Pastor Susie had that vision casted, that doesn't mean exactly that that is what we are going to be doing. So we're going to be talking about different things like we used to, but we now have the power to say no. Um, but usually, we, usually we're all on the same page for the most part. For but most we're part, all going to yeah. be praying together, and we're all four of us are going to be <clears throat> casting vision. It's not just one person anymore. And again, you're going to hear the word accountability 87 quadrillion times in our time together today. And that's the point of that as well. You know, Pastor Boss, thank you for telling the church that I'm not, you know, some rude boss. It just forces us all to do things. Appreciate that. But, you know, that's how I led the church before. I would always say, hey, this is what I feel. This is what I want to do. What do you guys think? But the downside is that if I did want to force all of you to follow my vision, I could have. And I just realized the harm in that, right? This isn't a business, a church. People's lives are at stake. Their spiritual lives are at stake. And I'm just aware that sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I'm just, I'm not right. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time and you understand hearing from God is not always black and white, but decisions a lot of times are black and white. We're either doing it or we're not. And I'm just aware that sometimes I can feel like I've heard from God and be wrong. And so now having four people that have to equally hear from God about a vision reduces the chances of one man being able to say, hey, you know what, this is what we're doing when there's accountability to say, no, we shouldn't do that, and here's why. And again, future protection, because sure, I didn't lead the church that, you know, that way where I came in and forced everyone to do something, but in the future, whoever took my spot, they could, and the power could be harmful to the church. So again, you're going to hear the word accountability 78 quadrillion million times, and uh, we're going to continue down with these questions. Uh, question number seven, Pastor Man, I'm kicking this one to you. Will the four of us be the only lead pastors here at God Squad Church? And will every pastor that we bring on staff also be added to the lead team? So as of right now, um, the four of us will remain the only uh, four lead team pastors. We don't have any plans to recruit someone else on the team. Um, so it will remain just the four of us for a while. Uh, we don't know how long. Uh, I'm sure as the church grows, we'll need to recruit more or, you know, we'll have someone on staff that will want to recruit to the lead team. But as of right now, it will just remain the four of us. Now, uh, whenever we do recruit a new pastor to the staff, that does not mean that they automatically get added to the lead team. For example, we do have a pastor that we will be announcing in a few weeks, so stay tuned for that. Oh, yeah, I think two <laughs> uh, weeks exactly. Yeah, is it two weeks? Yep. Yeah, it is, two yeah. Exactly, yeah. So uh, when that new pastor is announced, for example, he'll be a pastor on staff, but he won't be a pastor on the lead team. And so, like I said, you know, over time as the church grows, you know, maybe as we recruit new pastors on staff and we see, hey, this person would be really great to have on the lead team, then we would promote them to the lead team. But for now, it'll just remain the four of us. Yeah, and an easy way to understand the lead team, the difference between lead team pastors and other pastors is obviously in the workplace, you might have managers who have oversight. They make decisions, they set direction, but there's also other people who work for the same company. Now, there's people who are assisting and executing the vision, and there's people who are setting the vision. There's four people saying, this is the direction we need to go, and there's people alongside that that are helping us go in the direction we need to go. And that'll really be the difference between lead team pastors and other pastors, because we know that that might be confusing, but you're a pastor, but you're not a lead team pastor. So that's just some of the differences that we wanted to kind of go over as well. Pastor Ball, another question for you. 
what does all this mean for communication? Because again, people would come to me, what should we do? Right then and there, I'd come up with an answer, and boom, that was quick, man, this was easy. But now there's four people who make decisions together. So what does this mean for communication? Does this mean communication will take much longer, or will it be shorter? There's two answers to this question, yes and no. Um, <laughs> to be completely honest, as you can probably imagine, Pastor Susie being the lead pastor for such a long time, there's so many people that look up to him. And so his email, his, his Discord messages, his Twitch whispers, I'm sure, are just over-flooding right now and because so many people go to him specifically, hey, I need help with this, I need to answer from this and this and that. But so essentially that would take a really long time to get back to somebody if they have, you know, 400 emails and you're number 359 on the list. Like, it's going to take a while for him to get to that email. But with the new, uh, with the new leadership that we have as the lead team, you're going to be able to ask multiple people the ability, we'll have the ability to be able to answer those questions for you. And so it will be quicker in that sense. However, it's a, if, it's, if it's a little bit more of a difficult question to the point where we do have to communicate with one another um, to, to essentially come up with a decision about where the direction of the church is going or something specific like that, something really big, it might take a little bit longer for us to be able to come together, make a decision together. But I think that also is a good thing because we're not just coming up with an answer. It's not just one person having a specific answer right away. We're really taking our time to be able to, once again, keep each other accountable, but also to be able to come up with the right decision, be able to sit down and pray about it without making a decision just right off the bat. Yeah, and just to clarify, because I know some of the questions we've gotten already, I wanted to tag team off that one. When it comes to like making decisions, we want you to know like, we don't need to have a conversation about every tiny decision either, right? That would just, everything would take forever, right? That would be super complicated, it'd be way worse. So if that was the case, the answer, will it take longer? It'd be 100% yes, right? Everything, we gotta have an hour-long meeting about every little thing, right? That would be crazy. But the reason this is such a better benefit is we all have authority to make decisions. On large decisions, we'll make them together for the direction of the church. But a lot of things that would happen, like you mentioned, is my inbox would be flooded because people were waiting for an answer. They need a decision. Or I know some of y'all are sneaky. Y'all try and cut the line and whisper my wife, and then she asks me the question. I, I know your tricks, okay? I know your tricks. And the reality is it still wasn't helpful because then she still needed to come to me and get an answer. So there was just all these barriers. And now this just opens it up for us to just communicate better. And it opens up the opportunity that people don't just need to go through one funnel to get an answer to their question. And so kind of tag team off that question, I want to answer a question that is really directed uh, right at me, right? What will this change about Pastor Susie's role? It's kind of a two, two-part question. What will it change about Pastor Susie's role, and am I still able to book a meeting with Pastor Susie? So I want to talk first specifically about my role. Up until now, I've been lead pastor, and I think one of the difficulties about lead pastor is, just to put it in business terms, no, I do not think church is a business, but just to help other people who don't work in church, but do work in business understand, the pastor plays the role, the lead pastor anyway, of CEO. So they're doing lots of different things. They're leading meetings, they're making decisions, all that kind of stuff. But the difficult part about a, a pastor is that in churches, normally the pastor also does the preaching. And so the preaching is a significant amount of time for preparation, right? If you've ever prepared, no, I don't think preaching is a speech, but again, for ease of understanding, it takes some time to prepare a 45-minute speech if you've ever prepared one. And then having to do it every single week, it's, I mean, it takes some time. <laughs> and so the difficulty about lead pastors is lead pastors need to be able to be available to their staff and to people to answer questions, make decisions. 
but they also need to be unavailable to prepare their message. If you're just getting bombarded every five minutes during your message, it's, you're never going to finish it. And so there's always kind of that dichotomy of the pastor needs to be available, but also needs to be unavailable at the same time. And so my role is shifting in the sense that really my contribution to the church will be my gift of preaching. So really the whole idea of the lead team is not only equally divvying up authority, but divvying up responsibilities. And it, it's always a difficulty for one man to be at the top, making the decisions and doing the preaching. And my role will change probably more drastically than the rest of us. Not only that really I will just oversee the preaching. Well, you'll still see me doing a majority of the preaching on our weekends, but I'll be overseeing preaching as a whole. I'll still be bringing the vision to our lead team of really things I think we need to be preaching on on the weekends. I'll still be coaching our communicators on other, other people that are preaching on stage. I'll still be helping them coach and learn the gifts that I've learned. But also, and I've been doing this in the past, so if we have outside guest speakers, I still meet with them. And really, some of y'all might think it's you know, micromanaging. I, I think it's accountability of really going over what's going to be said from this pulpit because you've been church around, uh, you know, if you've been church around church long enough, there's some things that can be said from the pulpit that are not good. And in my experience, it's better to prevent those from happening before they're said than trying to repair the damage after it's said. So I'll be overseeing all of that. Everything that will happen from this stage in terms of the teaching of God's word, I'll be overseeing. But my role will change a lot because, as you guys know, I've kind of juggled two full-time jobs for the past five years, being a full-time streamer, which is how I made my income but also leading this church. And if I'll be honest, it was a lot. It was a, it was a lot to juggle. And I would go back and do it again. I really would. I sacrificed a lot of hours. My wife and I sacrificed a lot of time together. But I would go back and do it all again. But I can't do it forever. And so one of the things that we were exploring was like, well, maybe you'll just, you know, stream 20 hours a week and be a lead pastor 20 hours a week. And, and I didn't really do that. I didn't, I didn't really do it well. We, we, I was experimenting with it for a while before we made this model change, and I just found that being a 50% pastor, being a 50% streamer, it just doesn't work. My stream numbers were going down, and my effectiveness as the pastor's church was going down as well. It's just, you just can't do both. And so really, my role will be adjusting, that my hours will actually be decreasing to only about 16 hours a week. Six of those hours will actually be spent on a Saturday, and most of my time throughout the week will be spent preparing my messages and being a part of the several meetings and lead team meetings that we've had. So that's, that's a big shift for me. Even the staff, right? I'll, I'll be around less. And what that does is that allows me to focus on what we've all agreed my attention should be spending on is the content creation, the streaming, the YouTube videos that does bring thousands of people in and then together we lead them. But trying to do both, it just, it just wasn't working. It wasn't good for me, it wasn't good for our marriage, and it just wasn't good for the church. This model is just, it's just better. So my role is undergoing not only a title change, but a responsibility and an hour shift. So it's quite a big shift. But the second part of that question is, am I still able to book a meeting with Pastor Susan? Now, obviously the answer is, of course, yes. Right? I'm not just all of a sudden going to become unavailable. But the thing that we would just really encourage everyone to do is if you'd like to book a meeting with me, is to ensure that the meeting actually needs to be had with me. What I mean by that is when I was a lead pastor, there were lots of meetings that people wanted to have with me. One, they needed decisions, right? There were lots of people in the church who, you know, maybe, maybe they had a question about why we're doing something, or maybe they had some kind of confusion or frustration. And when you go to the, the cashier and you're upset, 
hey, I want to talk to the manager, right? I want to talk to the person in charge, and I think everyone understands that. Ultimately, also, I'm the person that's on stage, so sometimes there's an emotional attachment that gets connected with me because they see me often, but I think the thing that people misunderstood was that we have other pastors in our church who are also qualified to love on you, to talk with you, and that in some areas of life have more wisdom than I do. Pastor Boz and his wife Danielle have undergone so much difficulty due to health issues that they've had to learn how to build a rock-solid marriage. I promise you, Pastor Boz has better marriage advice than I do. I promise you, Pastor Tammy, who has given birth six times and raised six children, has better parenting advice than I do. I got two cats and a dog, right? Baby in a few years probably, but right now I've seen it done, I've read books, but I've never done it. And people need to understand that it's not just a matter of time. It's a matter of understanding that I, I don't actually have all the answers. None of us have all the answers. But so many people that want a meeting with me would actually benefit from rather having a meeting with Pastor Boss or Pastor Tammy. And a lot of times when people are booking meetings with me, they don't need a meeting with Pastor Susie. They just need to meet with a pastor. They got to have a meeting with someone that has the compassion, that has the love and the wisdom but that's not, that's not just me. That's so many of us, and it's not even just pastors. That's why you might have noticed we don't use the terminology pastoral care. We use community care, because I'll tell you, there's some people in our church, on our community care team, that have wisdom, compassion, spiritual insight, but they, like Fred Rocks, works in the medical field. He's not a pastor, but my goodness, you spend five minutes around that man, you will walk away better. You'll walk away better, but he's not a pastor. So if we only do pastoral care, then we're missing out on some people using the gifts that God has given them. Our church is suffering because we're not allowing certain people to fulfill a certain role. And the reality is we have a community care team because we need lots of people in order to care for multiple and lots of people in the community. And the last thing that I'll mention about being able to book a meeting with me is ultimately, of course, the answer is yes. But I think what happens in church a lot, and I want you to hear my heart when I say this, is oftentimes I look at church and people's desire with the lead pastor to be almost like when a couple or someone is hosting an event at their house. When you show up for dinner at someone's house, right, you expect two things. If it's a dinner party, you expect to have dinner, you expect to have a party. You expect to eat food and to spend time with the owner of the house, the host, but the reality is that someone needs to be in the living room entertaining the guests and someone needs to be in the kitchen preparing the food. If there's, only one, if there's only one doing one or the other, either everyone's going to go hungry or everyone's going to eat but be really bored. There's, there is no way for one person to fulfill both. But I think what happens in churches with lead pastors is everybody wants the lead pastor to be in the kitchen preparing his message, preparing God's word so that everyone has a spiritual meal for them to eat, but then also be in the living room spending time with everyone. And ultimately, there's a balance but in order to have a healthy structure so that no one is neglecting their marriage, no one is working 24-7, then we need someone in the kitchen and someone in the living room spending time with people. Both are important. People got to eat, but they also got to be ministered to. They got to be talked to. And when it comes to the analogy of a shepherd, shepherds do many things, but they do feeding and they do tending. But it's really hard to do both at the same time. And so ultimately, can people book a meeting with me? Of course. God forbid the day that I'm the pastor that rejects meeting with people. How can you be a shepherd and not want to talk to the sheep? But there does need to be accountability and just expectations of what does everyone contribute to the church? 
and especially Pastor Balls, his area of contribution is the being in the living room with the guests. It's the meeting with people, praying with people, because if all of us are spending all of our time in the living room, then who's overseeing the finances? Who's running the board meetings? Who's preparing the messages? Who's overseeing the staff? Who's having a conversation because somebody was late? And there just needs to be fair accountability and expectations, but also clarity from the church of who does what and who doesn't do what, so that, that there's no room for frustration. There's no room for misunderstanding of what goes on and what doesn't go on. And lastly, simply because my hours are being decreased, it'll be harder for me to have as many meetings simply because we need to avoid, obviously, me working 100 hours a week like I used to several years ago. And so ultimately, I want to hear my heart. The answer is yes, of course. I love the people, and I love being with the people. But there needs to be balance of who does what and who doesn't. Last question. I want to go ahead and kick this one over to Pastor Boz. This one is very, very good for the entire community to hear because we want you to know our heart is if there was ever a decision that the partners in the church didn't agree with that the lead team has made, are we allowed to share that? And what is the process for us to be able to say, are you guys willing to reconsider this decision? Sure. The first, first thing I want to say is we value other people's opinions. Yeah. We value our partners' opinions a lot. So we're, we're not perfect. We know we're not perfect. And so there's going to be times that we do come together, make a decision, and people are going to be upset with the decision. And obviously, if, if, if people like partners and things like that are upset with the decision or maybe they have a question about it or they think maybe it could be a little bit better and there's not necessarily we didn't think through everything maybe because that can happen from time to time. I mean, it just happened recently where we kind of had to shift a couple of things around because yep. somebody said, hey, there, there was a, there's, there's something here that I don't think you thought of and we didn't <laughs> so we shifted things around yeah. in the past couple of weeks but the thing is is we value other people's opinions for sure and so the partners can always come to us and say hey can you reconsider this or maybe can you think of it this way because from our position it's going to be a little bit different and so we absolutely value other people's decisions or, or opinions I mean and uh, there are going to be times that we do make a decision like I said people could, will come to us but they're also one of the perks of being a partner is there's going to be some decisions as well that we're going to we're we're planning on making but we're going to tell them about it previous like we're going yeah. to say hey this is a shift that we're going to be making inside of our church what do you guys think what are your opinions on that and they're more than welcome to be able to give us any uh, opinions or thoughts that they have comments and things like that so that we can make a decision together and make a, the best decision for this church yeah ultimately we want the church to know that the church is a voice right as shepherds, we want to do our best to take care of the sheep, but one of the things that we need to be able to know in order to take care of the sheep is to know what the sheep needs, to know what the sheep love, right? We don't want to keep feeding you steak if you only like broccoli, which I don't know why anyone would ever choose steak over, I mean, broccoli or steak, but we want to be able to know, hey, where are the people at? What are you currently seeing? And the reality is that the church sits in a different seat than we do. The partners, they, they might have different interactions that we're not aware of. They, they might see things differently. And we're obviously aware that some people act a little bit differently around the lead team pastors than they do around everyone else. And I don't mean that in like a negative, toxic way, but sometimes you might come to people, and I've had these conversations where I'll be like, hey, we really want to know how you're feeling. Like, how is this affecting you? Please be honest with me. But, you know, they, they just want to be nice. And so they might, they might not fully give us a fully transparent answer, and we're not able to really bring guidance and direction without any information but they might be willing to say that around other partners and other members of the church. 
So when we go to each other, like I've literally had conversations where someone was like, hey, you know, I know that they gave you this answer that that wasn't negatively affecting them, but they told me that it was. And we're like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's rethink this then because we didn't, we didn't know that. And we understand sometimes people are intimidated. They don't want to be disappointing, whatever it might be. But the more communication, the more accountability, the more we actually go to the sheep before we start feeding people something they don't want to eat, I really believe the healthier things will be. I believe the better things will be. And that's why all of this is. Again, Isaiah, Isaiah 43, 19. God says, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness. In a place where it's normally just surrounded by trees and things are chaotic and there's no set direction of how do I actually get out of here? God's making a better way. And we firmly believe that with this new lead team model, this is a better way. It doesn't mean it's the better way for every church. It doesn't mean that every church that doesn't have a plurality of leadership is bad. No, no, no. We believe it's a better way for our church, for the individual nuances of the fact that we have, we had a lead pastor who also is a full-time streamer and is influential. This is better for us, but we want the church to be able to perceive it. We want people to understand it, and we want you to know this is not the last time you can ask questions. And I want to encourage every single one of you, we'll put in the chat, if you guys have any more questions, we're not going to do another Q&A like this on the stage. We've got to get back to the preaching of God's Word. Yeah, we've got some staff to announce. Come on now. But if you guys do have questions, please feel free to share your voice with us. Connect at God Squad Church right on the screen right there. Thank you, one word, sir. Hey. <laughs> please send us an email. We'd love to answer your questions. And if you do have any questions specifically for us directly, you can either send it to Connect at God Squad Church. It'll get forwarded to the right people. Or you can message some of our lead team directly. And friends, we want to say thank you for such positive feedback and support that you guys have already shown. We know this is a bit of a change, and we know that it's going to take time. It's going to be a culture. It's going to be a culture shift for us. It's a culture shift for me but it's also a culture shift for you. And so we want to say thank you for believing in us. Thank you for supporting us. And again, if you have any more questions, we would love to do our best because this is us stepping into the future. Next week, we got a new staff member announced. The week after that, we got another staff member to announce. And so God's doing big things. Our church is growing. We're reaching more people, but we're going to need more help if we're going to love and serve the people that God's bringing our way. So thank you. Sincerely, thank you to every single one of you, whether you watch from afar and all you do is simply just believe and pray for us. Thank you. Whether you're a part of our community, maybe you haven't yet become a partner, which we'd love to encourage you to do. Thank you for believing us. Maybe you are a partner and you consider God Squad Church to be home. Whatever role of support you play, if you're supporting financially, whatever it might be, thank you. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for following our leading as we do our best to submit to who is really the head of the church, who is Jesus and to love, serve, and lead you. And I'm excited for what God's going to do next because I, I really believe we're just getting started. This is nothing compared to what God's going to do. And so why don't we end our time together praying and asking God to unite us, but also asking God to bring us in the future as we make a better way through the wilderness of loving and serving our church. Let's pray. God, we just come before you today. And first and foremost, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for the past five years, God, you have... God directed this church. Thank you, God, that you have been the sovereign king who is ultimately above this church. And God, we are here to serve you. We're not here to serve me. We're now to serve what is our lead team. Every one of us, we are serving Jesus. And we thank you, God, for the fact that you're doing a new thing. 
Thank you that, God, when for the past five years there could have been a better way, now, God, you've revealed to us in your right time, in the timing that you wanted, what that better way is. And so we just pray, Holy Spirit, that, God, you would first and foremost, that you would guide our lead team. Help us to be humble, to love you, to serve you, and to lead this church with excellence and care and compassion for what is best, not only for your glory, but what is best for the sheep. We pray that, God, you would help to keep us, God, centered on you and your will and not our own agenda. God, we pray for our church as a whole that together we would move forward in unity, trusting you, knowing that better days are ahead. And so, God, we just pray that you would take us into the future, continue to guide us, direct us, and we just declare in Jesus' name that the best is yet to come. Greater things are coming. God, we're going to reach more people. We're going to make such an impact on Twitch and on the gaming community that thousands and thousands of souls will say yes to follow Jesus. And in advance, we promise to give you the glory for it. This is for you. This is because of you. We couldn't do it without you. We are not here to create content or entertainment. We are here to make disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that, God, you would guide us, you would direct us. And we put together our trust, not in just the lead team. Ultimately, we put our trust in Jesus. We give you the glory and we give you the honor. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Something that we always want to be able to give the opportunity to do here at God Squad Church is to have people have the ability to accept Jesus Christ. I know that we've been talking about the model of the church and all those things, but this is really the most important thing. And maybe you just jumped in here and you're like, why are there 140 people watching these people? They sound so passionate about what they're doing. There's obviously there's people watching it and they must be passionate about what they're talking about. Why are they so passionate? And the reason why we're passionate and a lot of the people in here know this, is because they've been saved by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he came down to this world, and he gave his life for you. He lived a completely pure life, having no sin on him in any way, shape, or form. All of us, we are all sinners. We've all done things that are wrong. We've all felt guilty. But Jesus Christ came to this earth and lived a perfect life without sinning at all. But there was a debt that we had to pay for our sins. We were supposed to be the ones to have to pay a debt of the wrath of God coming on us because of the mistakes that we've made in our life. But because of Jesus Christ, he decided to pay the debt for us anyways. He gave us that gift for free. And so he went to the cross himself. He died on the cross. He spilled his blood for you. He spilled his blood for me so that we could be saved of our sins. But I would give glory to God because three days later after he died on the cross, by the power of the Father and the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ rose from the grave. He defeated the grave. He had victory over death. He had victory over sin. So that one day, your heart, if you accept Jesus Christ, that your heart would be purified. It would be completely as white as snow with no guilt, no shame, and no sin on it. Because when we accept Jesus Christ, we can repent of those things that we used to do. We have a different mindset. We go in a different direction because we know those things are wrong now. And so we start going in a different direction. And when we do that, we can ask for forgiveness from God the Father, who will forgive us of our sins. And when we do that and accept Jesus Christ and commit our lives to him, we can be with God forever in eternity. 
in heaven and it's 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 amazing i i i love talking about it i love giving this opportunity because we see people week by week by week giving their lives to jesus christ and having victory over their sins because of what jesus did for you so i want to give you the opportunity right now to accept jesus christ for the first time in your life or maybe you've been falling away for for a long time it's been a few years maybe it's been a few months and you feel like i just haven't been doing what i should be doing i haven't been following jesus like i like i said i was going to do maybe you just want to rededicate your life if you want to do one of those things right now i would ask you to repeat this prayer after me dear god i come before you right now i thank you for your son jesus I believe that he died on the cross, and I believe that he rose from the grave. And God, right now, I receive your mercy, your grace, and your salvation. I commit my life to you. And Jesus, I ask that you would come and live inside of me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for those people that are accepting Jesus Christ for the first time right now? Put some Jesus hype in the chat for those people. Make them feel welcome and congratulate them. And hey, I want you to do something bold. If you did just accept Jesus Christ for the first time, or maybe you just rededicated your life, if you guys could do something bold for me, we want to be able to celebrate with you. We want to congratulate you. So if you can go in the chat and type in a, a yes in the chat, that will allow us to be able to celebrate with you guys because this is the biggest decision you have ever made in your entire life and if you want to you can take it a step further and type exclamation point next level in the chat and click on that link and it will send you to a form that we ask you to fill out with as much information as you feel comfortable giving but really there are some resources in there and we'd also be able to lo love to connect with you as a lot of people they just made this decision they're saying I don't know where to go from here what what am I supposed to do where am I supposed to start reading in the Bible how do I pray what is this baptism thing that you guys talk about we would love to be able to walk on this journey with you and be able to tell you a little bit more about how to get going and we would love to be able to walk beside you so don't so make sure to do that if you did just accept Jesus Christ and once again I'm giving, I'm giving God all the glory for those people that are accepting Jesus Christ right now. But anyways, guys, uh, the, the reason why we do this here at God Squad Church, we're always giving the gospel, and we have the ability to be able to do it all around the world, is because of you guys, because of your generosity and your faithfulness. We're continuing to be able to see people saved on a week-by-week -week basis, being able to do all the things that we do here at God Squad Church. And so we wanted to thank you for that. And if you do want to con uh, contribute to this, there's multiple safe and secure ways that you can give to God Squad Church, you can do so by going into the panels below, clicking on the Give link. You could also go to our website and customize it to any way that you feel fit that is right for you. And then finally, you can also use text to give by texting any amount to the number 84321. But however giving, we thank you so much for your generosity and faithfulness in every penny.